As I was uh, just pondering what to share with you this morning, I, I wanted to talk to you about um, uh, encouraging you today and how to, uh, to get a breakthrough in your life, to get a grip on worry. You know, with everything going on right now, uh, you know, quite understandingly so, so many people are dealing with fear, anxiety, and worry. And, and uh, you know, most people are worried about their future. And our minds are really getting encumbered with, is this nation going to get through this? Is, is, uh, is the economy going to tank? Is, am I still going to have a job? How's, how's my, my family going to move forward? How is my children going to be okay? All these things. How about if I have medical problems? Will the hospitals be able to, uh, to, to take care of me? Uh, am, am I going to be okay? Am I going to be affected by this virus? All these things or worries of ours. And, and many people across the country have been paralyzed with this, with this anxiety and this fear and this, and this worry. But one of God's most precious promises and provisions is the promise that he'll give us peace in the middle of our storm, right? In John 14, 27, this is what the scripture says. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives give I to you. Don't let your heart be troubled, nor let it be fearful. Jesus said, peace I leave with you. Peace I give to you. You know what? It's a promise and it's a provision. God's peace is, is his promise. And God's peace is his provision. Now, what I want to encourage you with today is, is with God's promise that God, in the midst of everything going on, he wants to give you peace right where you are. Amen. But although, um, unfortunately though, um, you know, God offers peace, his promises peace, but unfortunately, a lot of us have been robbed. We've been stripped of our peace during this time. And so, the, Jesus, in his greatest sermon, the Sermon on the Mount, he he pans these words. He, he speaks these words to the people of God. And he says this in Matthew chapter 26 concerning worry. He says, for this reason, I say to you, do not be worried about your life as to what you will eat or what you will drink, nor for your body as to what you will put on. Is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? Look at the birds of the air, they do, and they do not sow nor reap nor gather into borns, and your, your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? And of you, and, and who of you by being worried can add a single hour to his life? And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not toil. They do not spin. Yet I say to you, not even Solomon in all of his glory clothe himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field, which is alive today and tomorrow thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith? Do not worry then saying, what will we eat? What will we drink? What will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And all these things will be added to you. And so do not worry about tomorrow. For tomorrow will care for itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. There's a prescription for us to get through these tough times. Five times in ten verses, Jesus addresses the problem of worry. And he says, why, why worry? Why is worry a problem? Why? Because it'll steal your peace. It'll rob your faith. You know, what, what exactly is worry? It's being, it's being overly anxious and concerned about something or someone. 
to the point that it disturbs your mind and it troubles your heart. Now, obviously, there's good reason for us to be troubled right now. But Jesus said, for this reason, I say to you, don't worry about your life. So Jesus is strongly encouraging us. Don't be worried about your life. Why? See, worry is a problem. And the problem with worry is it's unhelpful. And that's what Jesus says. It says, he says, listen, And who of you, by being worried, can add one single hour to your life? Worry is not going to prolong your life. It's going to shorten your life. You know, worry is like racing your engine. You create a a lot of smoke and noise, but you don't get anywhere, right? That's what worry is. And so Jesus is basically saying, worry doesn't have any benefits. It won't enhance your life a bit. It's a waste of time and of energy. Worry is unproductive. Why? 40% of the things we worry about will never come to pass. 30% of all worries involve past decisions and situations that cannot be changed. 10% are related to our health and welfare, which gets worse when we worry. And so somebody said, worry is like rocking in a rocking chair. It gives you something to do, but it gets you nowhere. Wouldn't you agree with me that your life doesn't get better if you worry? And so the second problem with worry is worry is unreasonable. It exaggerates your problems. It makes mountains out of molehills. Worry just makes your problems bigger and bigger. To worry about something you can't change is useless and it won't help your life a bit. In fact, Jesus says in Matthew 6, 27, and who of you being worried can add a single hour to your life? Worrying won't help us. In fact, it will hurt us. It will rob you of your peace, and it'll rob you of your faith. And thirdly, the the reason why we need to get a grip on worry is worry is unhealthy. It affects you physically. The body wasn't made to worry. When you worry, you get ulcers, you get backaches, you get insomnia, you get, you, 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 you can't sleep, you can't enjoy a quiet, peaceful day. See, worry affects you spiritually. Do you remember when Jesus told the parable of the farmer who sowed the seeds? And remember that third seed? He said it looked like it was going to be fruitful and then thorns came and choked it out. Jesus tells us what choked it in in Matthew, Mark 4, 18, others seed fell among the, that seed was sown among the thorns. These are the ones that heard, heard the word, but the worries of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and desires of other things choke it out and it becomes unfruitful. So listen, worry means to be choked or strangled with concern. And what happens is when we worry, it strangles the life of God right out of us. It strangles the effect of the word of God out of our life. See, worry affects our soul. The worst part of worry is it robs you of God's presence in your life. Remember when Jesus visited Mary and Martha? Remember, uh, Jesus was at their house. They both had opportunity to be in the presence of the Lord. But Martha, the Bible tells us, just didn't. She missed her opportunity. And the only reason why she missed her opportunity to be in the peace and the presence of God, because Jesus said in Luke 10 that she was worried and bothered about so many things. 
And so listen, obviously we have a lot that could be uh, just uh, occupying our mind and our heart. But listen, let's do like Mary and sit at the feet of Jesus and not let about things we can't control, we can't change by thinking about them. Let's sit at the feet of Jesus. I know you're, we're living in some very difficult times right now unprecedented, right? And we we don't know how long it's going to last. We don't know what's going to happen in the future. We don't know what's going to happen with our economy, with our jobs. We don't know what's going to happen with this virus. We, we, we don't know when we'll get to return to life like we knew it before or whether we ever, right? But listen, if we don't learn to win or get a grip on the problem of worry, Worry will keep us from the very one that can give us a victory in the middle of what we're going through. Amen? So let's talk about how do you break the grip of worry? I want to give you three prescriptions that Jesus gives us, three remedies that he gives us right here in this passage of Scripture. First of all, he says, remember to live one day at a time. We have to win the battle of the mind. Because listen, if you're not living in today, you're allowing your mind to project forward. But Jesus said this, don't worry, Matthew 6, 34. So don't worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will care for itself. You know, we often try to live too far ahead in life. And, and we get too mentally preoccupied and worried about what might happen in the future. We live in the what if zone instead of God can zone. And let me explain that. When we live in the what if zone, we say, what if our leaders can't get this coronavirus under control? What if I lose my job? What if the economy tanks? What if they run out of groceries? What if I can't get medical help? And on and on and on. What if, what if, what if? But how about we live in God can zone? The scripture says in Philippians 4, my God will supply all of my needs. How about we live in that zone, right? I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Let's live in that zone. Now to him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above and beyond all that we could ask or think. You see, we have to win the battle of the mind. And we have to, you know what worry is? It's really negative meditation. When we meditate on the word, we meditate on the promises of God. We just think about the promises of God. And it builds our faith, encourages our heart. When we worry, we, wor we, we meditate on negative things. What if, what if, what if? Let's take captive our thoughts and let's take one day at a time and let's believe God that he's going to help us get through this thing. Amen? One day's problem is enough of its own. Remember this, through God's grace, we can handle just today's problems. We're not built to handle today's problems, yesterday's problems, tomorrow's problems all at one time. Let's take one day at a time and say, God, I need your grace to get me through this day in Jesus' name. Amen. So now the second remedy to breaking the grip of worry, not just living one day at a time, but remember to rest in God's love and care for you. Jesus illustrates this principle of God's love and care for us using two different um, visuals. He uses flowers and birds. And so first he illustrates God's love and care by using the birds. In Matthew 6, 26, he said, look at the birds of the air. They do not sow nor reap nor gather into borns, and yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not worth much more than they? 
You know, I was in Israel uh, a couple years ago, and we were on the very spot where they think Jesus taught this sermon, the Sermon on the Mount. And they say that in certain times of year, a migration of birds comes through that area where thousands and thousands of birds fly through. And Jesus says, look at those birds. Who's taking responsibility to feed them? I am. And if I take responsibility to feed the birds, don't you think I'm going to feed you? Aren't you more valuable than birds? And if you don't think you are, I want to remind you, you are. God loves you. Amen. And so if the Lord feeds and cares for the birds, we can trust that he's going to feed us. Then he uses the illustration of flowers or lilies. And he says in verse 28 through 30. And why are you worried about clothing? Observe how the lilies of the field grow. They do not tall nor they spin. Yet I say to you that not even Solomon in all of his glory clothed himself like one of these. But if God so clothes the grass of the field which is alive today and tomorrow is thrown into the furnace, will he not much more clothe you, O ye of little faith? Jesus says, listen, if I dress and clothe the, the flowers of the field, and, and they dig here today and they're going tomorrow. Don't you think I'm going to care for you? We need to remember that we are the height of God's creation, the focus of his redemption. He died for the world, not the physical earth, for the humanity of the earth. And he loves us and he cares for us very much. In Hebrews 2 and 6, it said, what is man that you are mindful of him? the son of man, that you care for him. You made him a little lower than the angels. You crowned him with glory and with honor and, and put everything under his feet. God cares for us, brothers and sisters. God cares for you. He knows what you're facing and he's not asleep at the wheel. He's not. He didn't leave the planet and forget about you. He knows exactly where you are. So be encouraged today. I want to share a little story with you that I'm sure you can relate with, but J.C. Penney, right? Everybody knows J.C. Penney's. Well, he was a tremendous Christian man that started the J.C. Penney store, and he gave a great portion of his income into the work of the ministry. But during the Great Depression, he began to worry about his personal finances and fortune. The Great Depression got him so worried and filled with anxiety that he ended up in the hospital with shingles, and it almost killed him. He even wrote a farewell letter to his family and friends. But one day, he stumbled into the chapel of the hospital, which was at the end of the hallway. And there was a group of Christians in that chapel, and they were singing this old hymn. Be not dismayed. With whatever may come, God will take care of you. Through the days of toll, when your heart does fail, God will take care of you. All you need, he will provide. God will take care of you. Nothing you ask will be denied. God will take care of you. No matter what, no matter what may be the test, God will take care of you. Lean, weary one, upon his breast. God will take care of you. J.C. Penney said that those words went deep into his spirit that day and something supernatural happened to him. The grip of worry broke. I became persuaded, he said, that my life was in God's hands and that he really cared for me and loved me. And that's when I quit worrying and began getting well. And I left the 
hospital, totally healed and whole. Amen. And that's what I have faith for today, that if you're in turmoil, if you're filled with fear and anxiety, that the God of peace is going to come right there into your living room, into wherever you are, and he's going to give you peace. Remember when the disciples were in the boat with Jesus and they were in that storm and, um, and they thought that Jesus didn't care. And Jesus himself was in the stern. Mark 4.38 says, and he was asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and they said, teacher, do you care that we are perishing? I have to ask you this question. Have you ever felt like Jesus was asleep during this time? Have you ever felt like Jesus didn't care about you? That's what the disciples thought. And it's, it's okay when you struggle like that in your faith. But you know what? Somebody said worry is essentially a distrust of God and the sin we're not afraid to commit. Listen, we either going to worry or we're going to trust God. Amen. God don't think that, that, uh, that that you're going to drown. He thinks you're going to get to the other side. And he loves you. He gave his all for you when you think about it. There's nothing more he could do to prove to you that he's on your side and that he's going to help you. So I want to encourage you. Let the grip of fear and the grip of worry be broken off you. We need to remind ourselves the Lord's love and care for us. And finally, the third remedy to breaking the grip of worry is remember to keep your priorities right in your life. You know, this is an interesting, we're, we're very familiar with the verse in, in Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. But do you know that verse is in the context of worry? It's in the context of him ministering to us about worry. He says this in verse 31. Do not worry then saying, what will we eat, or what will we drink, or what will we wear for clothing? For the Gentiles eagerly seek all these things. For your heavenly Father knows that you need all these things. But seek first his kingdom, his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. Now, Jesus was saying to break the grip of worry off our lives, we have to keep our priorities right. Seeking first the kingdom of God is a priority thing. Seeking first the kingdom of God and his righteousness is a priority thing. And this is what it means, I think. Number one, it means your relation with, your relationship with Christ becomes your highest priority. You know, listen, not one of your priorities, the most important priority. Your relationship with Christ has to be more important than anything else in your life if you want to be free from worry. Have you been seeking his kingdom first? I want to encourage you, right now might be a great time for you to repent and just get your heart right. You see, seeking first his kingdom also means your greatest ambition in life is to please God and help others and not live your life selfish and self-centered. You know, when Jesus said worry choked, he said the worry of riches, the worry of pleasure, the worry of, of things of life chokes the word out of our life. You see, if Christ is not first in our life, then other things will crowd the Lord right out of our life. And when we go through a difficult time, worry is going to rule in our heart. But I want to encourage you right now just to make a decision and say, listen, more than anything else, I want to live my life for Christ. Jesus said when we pray, pray your 
your kingdom come, your will be done. That's what he said, right? And that's what we should do every day. Make Christ the center, not, not of the church, not, not of the community, the center of our heart, the center of our life. And finally, seeking his kingdom means you depend on God and you ask God to solve your problems, to meet your needs. See, seeking his righteousness means desiring for your heart and life to be right before God and pleasing to God. And so we have to ask ourselves the question right now as we go through this. You know, some people say, Todd, is this the end of the world? I don't know. I don't know. It's it's a sign of the times, I think. But I don't know. But you know what? I don't want to worry. I don't want to wait till some catastrophe happens to get my life right with God. I want to live my life right with God. And so like the 10 virgins, whenever God showed up, you know, some of them had oil, some of them didn't. And whenever, whenever the Lord showed up, their, 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 um, their lamps were empty with oil. I want my lamp to be filled with the love of God, with the grace of God, with the anointing of God. And you need to get your lamp filled up right now. Amen. To be free from worry, we have to get our priorities right. The Lord needs to be first. Jesus said, don't worry. And say, what will we eat or what will we drink or what will we wear? That's what those people who don't know God are always thinking about. They're always thinking about the natural things. And they're not thinking about God. Listen, Jesus said that worry is the practice of the heathen, the practice of those who don't know God. We may dignify worry by calling it a burden or concern or uh, I'm just having anxiety. But really, what it is is that we're not trusting God. And so I know my heart is getting challenged. My faith is getting challenged. I'm trying to be as, as, as solid as I can be in my faith and in the peace of God, but it's getting challenged right now. And so while my faith is getting challenged, I need to dig a little deeper. I need to draw a little closer and I need to trust in the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords who knows everything that's going on right now. He knows where I'm at. He knows every hair that falls off your head and he's going to take care of you. Amen. If you're going to break the grip of worry, your relationship with God has to be first priority. Amen. Someone wisely said, if we fill our hearts with the supreme desire of God, there will be no room left for the entrapment and grip of worry and anxiety. Listen, I believe that right now, God wants to fill your heart with peace. He wants to break anxiety, fear. He wants to break everything that's coming against you that is trying to rob your peace, trying to rob your faith. He wants to break its power. And I believe that right now, even as I'm speaking to you, that God's spirit is going to touch you and he's going to break that spirit of anxiety and worry and fear and he's going to deliver you this morning. And I want to pray for you and pray that God would touch you. But listen, before I pray for, for everybody generally, I want to pray for you specifically. Are you right with God? Are you serving God right now? Listen, you know what? The Bible says it's not God's wish that anybody perish, but everybody be saved. Everybody come to God, come to Christ. And I don't know if you're right with God, but you know, you're just one prayer away. All you have to do is just humbly say, God, I'm sorry that I haven't made you a priority, that I haven't been seeking you. Would you forgive me? That's all you have to say. Can I pray with you right there, right now? Just bow your head. Just close your eyes. Listen to my voice and just say this with me. Lord Jesus, I'm sorry for sinning against you. 
Would you forgive me? Lord, I'm sorry for letting everything else, including my own selfish ambitions and desires, be the Lord of my life. But today I repent, and I'm asking you to come and take the rulership and take control over my life and help me to live a life of grace with you. Maybe maybe you out there and you've been raised in church, but somehow along the way you drifted away from God. Or maybe at one time you, you were you were serving God, you were living for God, but you just got distracted and you've wandered away. Listen, today's the day. Like the prodigal son, when he came to his senses, he repented and he headed home. Today's your day to head home. Head into the laps of Jesus. Let him put his arms around you and give you his peace. And likewise, all you have to do is say, Lord, I'm sorry. You know what the prodigal son did? He didn't come to his father and and give excuses. He said, I've sinned against you. Would, Would you forgive me? And the father with open arms ran up to him and embraced him. You know what? God loves you. And, and, you know, he's a God of second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh chances. And his arms are open to you right now. Amen. And then finally, I want to pray for those of you that you are Christians. You're living for God. But right now, your faith is getting challenged. Your peace is getting challenged. The promise and provision of God is that your heart can be filled with peace. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I pray that you would release your grace in the living rooms, in the cars, in the, in the bedrooms, wherever people are watching, wherever people are listening to this message. Father, I join my faith with theirs right now. And I declare in the name of Jesus that all worry, fear, anxiety is leaving them right now. And the peace of God is flooding their heart, flooding their mind. Thank you, God, for giving them a miracle today in the mighty and in the strong name of Jesus, I pray. Amen and amen. Listen, we love you guys. And we are, we are just so... Um, We're just so burdened for you right now that we can't just be around you to love on you, to encourage you. But I'm trusting that this message helped you, encouraged you, strengthened you. And listen, if you have a prayer request, you can submit that prayer request. If you made a decision today, there's a connect card there that you can just fill out. And listen, I'm hearing, you know, uh, churches all over uh, America, just like businesses, they're getting hit economically. I encourage you, if you come to this church, Send your tithe in, however, uh, on the app, whatever. Uh, if you go to another church, support the church. Uh, you can give online to your church or whatever. But, but let's, let's keep financing the kingdom of God. And, uh, and, you know, for those of you that have businesses and, and you don't know what's going to happen, we're trusting that God is going to, He's going to fill your vat with oil. He's going to give you the provision. He is Jehovah Jireh. He is a provider. Amen. Would you you just close your eyes with me for just a second and I want you to just take a moment to just worship just close your eyes right now just close your eyes just take a deep breath just release the burdens that you the Bible says cast your cares cast your burdens and we're gonna just sing one more worship song as we end this this time together but I want you to just seal the deal right now Just let God's grace reach you right there. Right there where you are. You know, the powerful thing about God's presence is it's everywhere. It's everywhere. 
Just take a deep breath. Release the burdens and the cares. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I trust you. I trust you. I believe you're going to provide for me. I believe you're going to take care of me. Just like you take care of the birds of the air, you're going to take care of me. Thank you, Father God. Praise you, Lord Jesus.
us. Thank you for joining us today. God bless you. Pray the grace of God, the peace of God, the mercy of God, the provision of God be with you as you continue. Until next time, we'll be staying in touch. Just uh, keep, keep in touch with us on social media. Call if we can do anything. Reach out to those around you. See if they have any needs. Minister the grace of God during this time. I believe many people will come to Christ as a result of, of this, this epidemic we're going through. God bless you. Be blessed. We pray in Jesus' name.